You're listening to Redemption Cast Season 5, Episodes 1 and 2, Conviction and Just Rewards. If you can't beat them, join them. Angel takes over the LA offices of Wolfram and Hart, where changing things proves more challenging than expected, especially when he starts being called out by the not-so-effulgent ghost of William the Bloody. <laughs> I'm Stephanie. I think I'm Kimberly. <laughs> and I'm Karen. Hey, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, so it's been about five years. Um, yeah. We are a skeleton crew at this point. We have so much <laughs> yeah. to talk about. First off, people that are not in the Facebook group are, uh, are the friendly Canadian. Uh, is uh, not with us. Uh, I, oops, I, I was taking it. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I should say the, the other the other Canadian. <laughs> no. Wow. Uh, okay, uh, so we're starting out back bad. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I just, I, it's I, fine. I, I, we haven't talked in a while. I just I'll just keep making pot shots at you to uh, just make. <laughs> <laughs> to make sure that I'm still listening? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, uh, I'm sorry, listeners. Illyrio isn't uh, – I, I almost said he's no longer with us. He's he's with us. Uh, he's just very – he's a very busy guy. Um, yeah, so he, lost. Yeah. So we're down to the final potential and uh, Kim is here and has promised Hi. to stay here <laughs> until I piss her off. <laughs> oh, now here's a big question, Kim. Are you going to stay with us for the new series? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, I saw that uh, they're rebooting. This yeah, they're saying reboot, but I think it's just like a, a continuation of continuation. Yeah. yeah. Well, I hope so because, like, I wouldn't want to reboot this series because it's pretty great where it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I said. I said mm-hmm. it ends. I mean, it's not perfect. Nothing's perfect, but it, it ended perfect. perfectly for for the series, and we just don't want it messed up. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. If, we, we should definitely inform people who are like not in the know. But, but the, uh, it was announced that Joss is uh, is executive producing a reboot of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's not going to be. Uh, it's not going to be showrun by him. It's going to be showrun by uh, Monica Awusu Breen, who sure. has a. She's got an impressive resume. She's worked on Alias, Lost, Fringe, and uh, Ages of Shield, which is um, I'm sure that's where the Whedon connection comes from. Um, well, of course, mm-hmm. David Fury worked on Lost. Yeah, there's lots of connections, but um, yeah, they they haven't announced the network yet. Uh, the only thing that we know is that it's going to feature a fem- uh, a black female lead. So I'm hoping that it's going to be like another a different Slayer, another Slayer. But it's going to be hard because they're going to want to keep that brand name. So how do you like have a Slayer? <laughs> That's not named Buffy starring in something called Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Well, is it called Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Could it, couldn't it have a different name? Not sure. It doesn't have to be called Buffy. But they're going to want to call it something. So it'll be... I, oh, people it'll be, oh, probably oh, something like... Yeah, I think... Well, 
people in the Buffy verse, I think, will be okay if it had a name like the Hellmouth or something like the next the Slayer, the next generation, or something <laughs> ridiculous like that. But I a Buffy I story, a Buffy the Vampire yeah. Slayer story. I don't think it has to have the name Buffy in it personally. I don't know. You got to get that brand recognition. Yeah, true. Or in Slayer in, Chronicles, maybe. Or, or, yeah. yeah, or even Adventures in Sunnydale. Who knows? Yeah. Um, Who knows? It. I, I'm a little worried. <laughs> and I don't know. Steph all of a sudden announced that we're podcasting about it. I guess so. Uh, <laughs> that was that was another one of my questions. Like, are we podcasting? Because uh, Steph, I, uh, there was another project called uh, the Nevers, which is an actual Joss Whedon produced, yeah. and he's going to show well, run and write. Uh, for HBO, yeah, the well, I just thought mm-hmm. it was the same we do Buffy finger quotes reboot. <laughs> like I didn't think we even had to discuss it. We're, We're just we going to do the it. Nevers and and Buffy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I almost feel like weird. Like should should we like leave Buffy for like the next generation to podcast about? <laughs> like I feel like. <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be like made for a like. I'm so like attached being, to this we're, show. Yeah, we're being too uh, greedy. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure it's going to be like a million Buffy podcasts when it comes out. Oh, definitely for sure. But the Nevers is sure. an epic sci-fi drama about a gang of Victorian women who find themselves with unusual abilities, relentless enemies, and on a mission that might change the world. And they said it's going to probably start cool. shooting. Mid to late 2019, so we've got a, we've got almost got enough while. time to finish Angel. I was going to say <laughs> we should be hopefully done Angel by like that. <laughs> Did they announce any of the cast yet, or is it still nah. pre-production, way up in the air? Yeah, no one knows. These are like officially announced, but nothing's like they're just like talking about it. Um, yeah, Steph, I well, I, that seems cool. Yeah, yeah, I I can just picture like the costumes and the like, you know. Some pretty strong female leads to 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 anchor the show, so it seems promising. Because Joss does a pretty good job at at you know creating series for for women. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the writing for me is a little questionable, but <laughs> but it, it's it's a good to see that uh, a show like that can exist. And he casts well most of the time, ninety five percent of the time. <laughs> yes. Um. Steph, you actually, uh, uh, I think, either retweeted or responded to a tweet um, by the Buffy uh, reboot, Monica. Brie. Yeah, it said that there's been a huge backlash. Yeah, there, yeah, huge backlash. People are not happy. Why? And they're rebooting everything. They're doing. Yeah, <laughs> it's people against yeah. reboots in general, mm. and I don't know if it's a racial thing. You know, because you always have that. Yeah, that's true. And uh, I don't know, but she was. Yeah, I I think she was. She was commenting on. She was responding to people saying that they were going to like recast Buffy, recast Xander. I have it. She was. I have it here. You want me to read it to you? Yeah, read it. Okay. For some genre writers, it's Star Wars. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is my Star Wars. Before I became a writer, I was a fan. For seven seasons, I watched Buffy Summers grow up, find love, 
and kill that love. I watched her <laughs> fight and struggle and slay. There is only one Buffy, one Xander, one Willow, Giles, Cordelia, Oz, Tara, Kendra, Faith, Spike, Angel. They can't be replaced. Joss Whedon's brilliant and beautiful series can't be replicated. I wouldn't try to, but here we are 20 years later and the world seems a lot scarier. So maybe it could be time to meet a new Slayer. And that's all I can say. So that sounds to me that she wants to do a new character, not just, you know. Yeah, I I agree. There's no need to recast characters that the world knows and loves, yeah. right? Because then you, you run into the risk of completely ruining those characters <laughs> and doing an invaluable injustice. Mm-hmm. But Well, I what I want to know is how do you make this slayer important an important character when there's so many slayers now mm-hmm. yeah I don't know. well maybe there's an apocalypse and they're back to just one slayer right, again. something Who happens knows? yeah yep mm-hmm. <laughs> she gets transported to another a- dimension where there's no slayers <laughs> uh. or maybe yeah because maybe just it's like it's because it's, it's like buffy yeah. the vampire slayer Right. You know? Maybe it's a prequel. Maybe it is uh, an alternate universe. Maybe it's a. Maybe it's Kendra. Oh my God! You know? Please make it Kendra. <laughs> Kendra with an American accent. Yeah. Well, I was thinking like there's only two uh, black slayers that I can think of, and it's the one that's uh, uh, Principal Wood's mother, and then there's mm-hmm. Kendra. I would love yeah. to see a '70s Slayer series starring. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Nikki Wood. That'd be so awesome. We'd know how it all ends, but. <laughs> uh, but it yeah. would be quite cool, yeah. And I was reading a Mary Sue article today that mentioned how, like, you know, it, it kind of sucks that it's like this poor girl that's going to get cast. Like, if it's if they really cast her as Buffy, like people are just going to be calling her Black Buffy. You know, there Buffy mm. is already known as Sarah Michelle Gellar, so uh, you know, and, and just constantly yep. comparing it to the original. If it's an actual like uh, a remake, yeah. So it needs to be different, yeah, enough to oh. to stand out. But it, it inevitably be. will be will be compared to the original, yeah. obviously. Yeah. yeah. So, and then there's the whole thing. It's like, oh, it's great. We have a you know like a black showrunner and a black female lead, and they're just remaking a white show. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. it's too bad that we can't have more original stories for people of color. So I don't. Know. Yeah. Well, it's also a shame that people have to bring race into it at all. Yeah. You know, like it's it's no different. You know, and if they make it a quote unquote black show, mm-hmm. like that's I that I think is also an injustice to the, I don't think the it spirit will of be. the thing. I don't think it will be. But if if they if you know, say a network says, which I don't doubt they would, you have to blacken this up, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. That would ruin the essence of what I think the the reboot would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, well, we have anything more to say about this? These these new item news items. Uh, oh, I did want to uh, share with you. Um, we I played at the beginning of the podcast um, our great original uh, uh, theme song made by uh, Chris Jordan Cook, who is awesome. Um, <laughs> but we needed something new. <laughs> so uh let's just say i pulled something together and i want to play it for you guys are you ready please do (laughs) okay all right let me see (laughs) nope that's not it Uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> but it would be apt. I was I was really thinking about doing a stupid angel song to the Law and Order <laughs> music. But I wouldn't think that that's that was a joke I wanted to carry all the way through season five. So here is our season five theme. Angel's a vampire who has a soul and it's time for a fresh start. He, Wesley, Fred, Gunn, and Lorne are now in charge of Whipperman Heart. Spike got another chance. Welcome to the WB's best romance. Angel's a vampire and this is his show. Necrotempered glass blocks sunlight, so Kim S O D. Okay, how do you know I was going to talk about that? <laughs> What's that? Oh, we know you class. very well. <laughs> My favorite, <laughs> my favorite thing about uh, recording that theme, and you probably you probably couldn't hear it as I was playing it through my iPhone through my microphone, but you'll probably hear it, you'll hear it on the actual podcast when I just splice in the song. But at the end of um, my recording, a dog went by my house and went. <laughs> so right at the end of the song, you actually hear a dog howling. <laughs> And I'll just leave it at that. That's how good my singing is. Uh (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, Thank you, Robin, for doing that. Amazing. (laughs) No problem. Because it was really bothering me that Cordelia was still in our theme song. (laughs) I I felt like that needed to be addressed. (laughs) Yeah, I might as well play the one with Doyle, you know? So, (laughs) since, since you brought it up, can we talk about the new cast? Uh, actually, I want to... Is that for later? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to run you through that. I, but I want to take you guys back 15 years, back to 2003. It was a simpler time. Oh, my God. <laughs> 2003. Yeah. <laughs> and I wanted to give you a, the next installation in the ongoing drama that is Charisma Carpenter, speaking of Cordelia. <laughs> so, um... And it's not as if Charisma Carpenter is the drama. It's just, you know, the subject really is. All right. So this is what's been happening, okay? Uh, since we last left them at the end of season four, a press release went out during the summer between season four and season five with a cast list for season five. Who wasn't on it? Charisma Carpenter. According to Charisma, she found out about this news through a call from the press who called oh, her to comment terrible. about it. Okay. She That's told some shady shit. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. She told the Boston Herald, "I was not prepared. I don't think you you're ever prepared for that kind of situation. Seven years—that's a long time. I started that show. To be, not be finishing it is a pretty big deal for me." They went back to work on July 24th. Oh, two days ago. Uh, on that day, <laughs> on that day, mm-hmm. I thought, "Oh, today is officially my first day of unemployment." Wow. She said she's absolutely willing to return to the series to bring Cordy out of her coma and provide closure to her character's story arc. I think it would be incomplete if it wasn't addressed, but I don't know what's being planned. I haven't heard anything. As we speak today, there are no plans for me to come back. So, uh, uh, go ahead. What are you going to say? I don't know. I just don't know. Like, how did she – she didn't know. She 
They, I think they, she had an inkling, but it was confirmed when that when the press called her. Like mm. contracts weren't negotiated. Like she didn't. Like she was still waiting for them to call her about her contract. Yeah, like I don't know. Like are things are things time, so, the windows are so short that you? Or when do they start shooting? Like you're sitting around waiting and just assuming that you're going to go back to work. Like I, I don't, I don't so know. So what? What started the the rift? Is it when she got pregnant? <laughs> I think it was. Uh, so let me just continue. I got more stuff here. TV guy then contacted Joss about this. And Joss said, uh, we had taken that story about as far as it could go. Angel and Cordelia's romance was not a popular move with most of the fans. Revamping the show seemed like a good idea. Good time for certain people to move on. Certain people. Hoping to get charisma to do some episodes, but, you know, she's a new mother. You know, it's that kind of thing, right? And then he says, uh, I once said that I finally got to tell the story of Buffy that I tried to tell in the movie. And I did it with Cordelia. The story of someone who is completely ditzy and self-involved becoming kind of heroic. It's time to look at something new. TV Guide says, isn't that a disservice to fans who have invested all these years in the character and her redemption? It seems an odd thing to do to the show's leading lady. And Joss like started arguing like about like whether like she was the leading lady or part of an ensemble. Um, and then he says, "The fact is, this is not the end. Unless Charisma her- herself says, you know what? I don't feel like doing any recurring episodes. But when you have an increasingly large ensemble week by week, and you have to trim the budget and also think creatively, how am I going to service all these people? Sometimes the people who have been around the longest, you've done the most with them." Okay, time. That's <laughs> that's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> if he's bringing in all these people and talking about budget cuts, uh, maybe we don't, don't we need this Knox, and maybe we don't need this uh, Eve. We don't need Harmony to come back. Uh, maybe oh, we, need we don't need to. Maybe we don't need this giant set for Wolfram and Hart. We can stay on a smaller set like we were in the hotel. Get out of here, Joss. Oh my gosh! It goes the on. The guy who who claims to be a feminist wants to fire someone for getting pregnant. Come on now. Come yeah, on. we should we should have uh, got a clue way back then. <laughs> it goes. Like, on. How petty can you be? Okay, it goes on. Please continue. TV Guide says some are speculating that this was a ca- that she was a casualty of the James Marsters crossover as Spike. Like there wasn't enough money in the budget to pay for them both, so she got the boot. Hey. Joss says, that's a hell of a thing to lay on James. It was a creative decision that we made before Spike came over to the show. And like I said, I don't intend to leave Cordelia in a coma for the rest of the Buffyverse. But the creative decision to have the character step down happened long before negotiations with James started. It should not be laid at his feet. TV Guide says, were things left on... Nobody's nobody's blaming James. Well, that's what TV Guide just said. Is it the casualty of James Marsters joining the cast? You can afford James Marsters, but you can't afford... uh, Exactly. Get out of here. The the interview ends with TV Guide saying, were things left on good terms with Charisma? And he says, yeah, but that's also stuff between us and not stuff that I would like to talk about in an interview. So. Yeah. (laughs) That's the case. Yeah, he was mad and he couldn't get over it. But why was he mad that she got pregnant? He was mad that she didn't tell anybody. She kept it. A secret for so long. 
Years later at a convention, she said that the relationship with Joss was strained because of his plans for season four were messed up because of the pregnancy. They put it behind them in a conversation during commentary recordings for the Angel Box set. They promised each other that they would work together again. Charisma was hoping he was going to consider her for projects where he had more creative control. However, when Dr. Horrible came along, she didn't get any phone call from Joss Whedon. Uh, leading- yeah, but sh- does she sing? <laughs> leading up to the season five premiere, when she was promoting her ABC family movie, See Jane Date, the press asked Charisma if Cordy was ever going to return to the show, and she says, I haven't had that discussion with Joss. It's really none of my business, actually. I'm sure as far as storytelling goes, he will not disappoint. He wants what's best for his fans. So that's like right before the season five premiere. Well, it just sounds like he had a giant temper tantrum and threw around his his power. <laughs> and yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty shady. I don't like that story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't like you that. You wanted all the juicy details about the Cordy stuff. For some, uh, but honestly, for for this for this guy to 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 be such a staunch feminist and and. And be such a champion for women to treat her like this? That's not cool at all. Well, I mean, he can say that he's anything he wants to say he is, you know. And we don't know his ex-wife, you know, what his ex-wife said. We don't really, we don't know the whole story. But, you know, you can read that and come away with your own opinion. But... Yeah, he can say he is whatever he wants to say he is. I can well, say I, I'm lots of things. <laughs> Does no, make I, I would have I would have thought he was. I know. Uh, we'll see. I know exactly. An and then exactly. And you look at Buffy and Angel, and you think, oh, if he's as progressive and liberal and, and whatever as he says he is, look at look at his characters of color. They're yeah. they're. Uh, very problematic. Each and every one of them. So. Yeah. Well, all right. Um, now, there are a few things that I have also uh, about the changes to season five before we actually get into the episode. Oh, go ahead. Go all right. Ahead. All right. All right. Uh, so, Joss, Joss now is now done with Buffy and Firefly. And this is the, actually the first season that he's going to devote his full attention to. <laughs> season five. Okay. He becomes executive producer of Angel, but he leaves Jeffrey Bell as the uh, showrunner. So, but he did is like know, on Angel full time. Did they uh, know going into it that this was the last season? Uh, no, they didn't. They had high okay. hopes, um, but um, they weren't okay. sure yet. Um, okay. David Fury also joined the Angel staff full time now that Buffy had ended, and Tim Minear was off working on Wonderfalls. Um, the w- I actually like that show. I still have not seen it. I am sorry, Tim Minear. Um, the WB told Joss that they wanted more standalone episodes. Um, and they wanted things resolved. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey Bell talks about comparing season four and season five as night and day. He says, I don't mean good and bad. I really loved last year's story, but it was a 22 episode story. If you were inside the arc, it was as emotionally satisfying as anything. But if you're on the outside, it was fairly perplexing. This year, we're going to try to tell standalone stories because we're in this new space and Angel can be in sunlight because of necro-tinted glass. The show is a little brighter. There's no more it is, hotel. It's brighter. It's lighter. It's fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Uh, David Boreanaz says, we've been to some dark places, haven't we? And it's been extremely challenging for me personally and for everybody on the show, but we had to go through those places to get where we are now. Going forward, I'd say our biggest challenge is in trying to meet the expectations we've set for the show. We're in the axis of evil Mm -hmm. now. We're actually running it ourselves. We have this powerful system at our disposal. Now we just have to figure out how to use those resources correctly. Let's just say we're setting the bar very high. And uh, it's definitely a shift. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely a shift. And I, we'll get into it when we talk about the episode for sure. I have- hey, Ka- let me ask Karen something. Oh, go ahead. Sure. Do you remember, do you know what happens in season five? Cause I have no idea. I don't remember anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, remember- I don't remember everything. But I have a general sense. I, I actually didn't watch Angel the first time around, so I've watched it more recently uh-huh. than it was on originally. So. Yeah, I'm trying to remember this whole thing with um, James Moore with Spike. I'm like, what is the deal? I know, I know, but I can't remember. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, my last uh, bit of trivia before we get into the episode. Um, it says, as Jeffrey Balagan, he says, uh, talking about the season, we're trying to construct a mythology that will allow us to pick it up and set it down through most of the season, asking the question, why are we really in Wolfram and Hart? What do they want? There will be certain episodes that focus very strongly on that, but it's not like there's an apocalypse. The problem with hosting an apocalypse like last year is everyone else seems – everything else seems very trivi- trivial. It was a problem mm-hmm. X-Files ran into in the last couple of years. There's an alien invasion. I don't really care about a dog monster in Georgia. With Wolfram and Hart, <laughs> we get asked questions, go to standalone episodes, and you won't feel cheated. That That's the hope. There will be a couple of characters that will appear, and you'll think, is this the big bad or not? So Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's I what like I remember that. about Wolfram and Hart, thinking it um, it's not the actual big bad. It's just kind of this peripheral evil and now this season we are inside of Wolfram, the belly of the beast it's going to mm-hmm. be exciting to figure out what is the actual deal yep mm-hmm. um also wanted to uh ask you guys quickly like um do you want to, i'd like to revamp <laughs> Pun completely intended. Uh, the uh, <laughs> the quotes for season five. Like, can we just shout out any quotes we want? Because <laughs> sure, I'm so yeah. tired of holding off. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. And then, like at the end, we'll do a little quote. <laughs> we'll do a little quote section at the end if there's anything we missed. Please, okay. sounds good to Honestly, me. I've been hoping for this for about a year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought we did. We just did ten episode. seasons of Smallville since the last time we talked about uh, Angel, I think, and and uh, uh, on We Don't Want to Wait, uh, and like, yeah, we were just shouting out quotes left and right. Um, so, oh, this uh-huh. is the part where she said this great line, and this is the part yeah, yeah, yeah. where she said this great line. <laughs> so I'll, I will try not to like quote unquote steal all the quotes when I'm walking us through it, but feel free to like yell out anything that you liked or whatever. All right, so conviction. October 1st, 2003, written and directed by Joss Whedon. This is the first Angel episode he's written and directed since the pilot. Wow. Okay. Yep. Written and directed or just? Yep. Because he, has he directed other episodes but not written and directed? Exactly. Right. Okay. It's like yeah. either one or the other. And uh, this whole first scene of Conviction is set up a lot like 
the pilot episode. I mean, Angel is saving a blonde in an alley, but yeah, things, her things hair go a little is just like the other girl. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, uh, Steph actually listened to the commentary for this episode, so she'll have. Please chime in anytime you have anything. Is someone sanding? Uh, in the- oh, sorry, that's <laughs> me. I'm just shuffling some papers around. Oh, sorry. Okay, sorry. I'll mute my microphone. No, no. It's actually. I was just going to ask you what you think of Angel's new haircut. <laughs> The spikes Can are I gone. just start off by saying Angel slash David Boreanaz has never looked hotter than nice. he has in these two episodes. Like, there were times where I was looking at him and I wasn't even listening to what was happening and I had to rewind <laughs> because I was just gawking at how beautiful this man is. That's all. The only problem I have, the only problem is his shirt is unbuttoned a little too Oh, much. no. It is perfect. <laughs> like, when he was standing there with the blazer and the black shirt, and it was, I was like, hello, Angel. <laughs> we have grown up. <laughs> hello. <laughs> he looked really good. And, like, yeah. When he was sitting on the desk, and they're having that little powwow, and he's, mm-hmm. like, his arms were crossed, and he's got his hands on his chin. I was just like, Damn. <laughs> I like to think of it as like this is a season where his hair loses the spikes because Spike is on the show. <laughs> yeah, maybe his maybe, hair's, a, hair's a little greasy for me. It's a little too much. At like, little, in that yeah. in the in the first scene, I was like, "Ooh, his hair's a little too greasy." But then towards the end, I was like, "Okay, it's kind of softened a little from the probably the first day of shooting." So. I go back to uh, when uh, they went to Plitz Glurb, <laughs> wherever they went to, right? And uh-huh. Angel looked in the mirror and was like, why didn't anybody tell me my hair was like this? <laughs> I almost think that uh, perhaps, Kim, uh, well, from my heart, might have necro-tempered uh, mirrors. And uh, oh. he's able to finally see his own reflection again. <laughs> and he can comb his hair properly? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. that he, I, Go ahead. I just the whole the sunlight thing and like the exposition of how they explained it. I was just like, come on! Like if you could hear my eyes rolling in my head, like it we could, we could dramatic. hear your we could hear your eyes rolling all the way in Toronto. You're the final potential. Oh you, you're this is your job. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> to to and to point out the things which, that the fans like uh, are like whatever. Can I about. just say that every I'm so offended that everyone is shocked that I'm the last one standing. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Uh, Anyways, I really hope I really I really hope we get Illyrio and Gabby back at least for like the finale. Oh, That'd be awesome for sure. For sure, yeah. Anyway, so Angel uh, does a rescue. He's surrounded by lawyers and all sorts of soldiers bringing contracts covering legalities. It's This is a very different <laughs> rescue here. There's an assistant asking what kind of coffee he drinks. And uh, the assistant actually is played by uh, an actor named TJ Thine. He was uh, yep. he actually co-starred with uh, David Boreanaz on, on Bones. Yeah. I was like, look at Bones. I mean, look <laughs> at Seeley and Hodges. <laughs> oh, okay. So you recognized him. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, totally. I was just like, for a second, I'm like, wait, am I watching both? <laughs> <laughs> um, and so uh, we get into the, uh, you know, after the theme song. Uh, wait, wait, wait. It was so nice to be to uh, see Mike Mesa again. The, the, oh, stunt, the stunt guy. Double, yeah. 
Yeah, you could definitely see him in a couple of shots. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so uh, we then go on to the the one take, the the big one take shot. Um, the oneer. The oneer. This thing to is, show off the new set. It's go. It runs for four minutes. Uh, they took twenty seven takes to do this four minute scene. <laughs> wow. Which uh, yeah. Um, did you notice, uh, Kim? Did you notice anything weird about Alexis Denisoff? No, am I? It's did not the, him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, just the way they were shooting him, and it was just odd. No, I didn't notice. Okay, well, good. That's good. Go ahead. Am I, am I supposed? Oh, I'm he had, to go back and see. He had Bill's palsy. And oh, so really? they, they didn't light him right. Oh, wow. They tried to only shoot his right side. Okay. Yeah, so that must have been that. terrifying for him. Like, just be like, yeah. yeah, I'm about to star on a TV show. <laughs> and one half of my face is just gone. <laughs> no, I didn't. Wow. Uh, did we we did get some nice uh, Fred run on sentences to catch mm-hmm. us all up, especially those uh, yeah. mm-hmm. Angel and exposition. <laughs> well, it's such a it's such a drastic look from the previous seasons, and you can tell. Okay, yeah, this is definitely sort of like a rebranding of Angel. Yeah. Um, me watching the first two episodes, I personally felt like okay, this is a little far fetched, like a SOD. Yeah, 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 but. From the backgrounds that we know about these characters to be in the positions that they are now, like, yeah, Fred's smart, but she's running this gigantic, um, what, lab Mm -hmm. where she has all these employees. I'm just like, okay, that's a little weird for the extremely socially awkward girl who was uh, a a captive for how many years (laughs) in an alternate universe. But she's developed. This is her development. Yeah, and just like, it's just, uh, you know, they, from the hotel before and the very humble means that they started Angel Investigations with, and now to have this full-fledged multi-million dollar uh, corporation at their hands where they can literally do anything, it's just a, it's a little... I think it's interesting that they can literally do anything they want to do. But it's evil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the twist for sure. But I, uh, again, it's a bit of sod to start the this this season. I'm just like, okay, yeah, I get it. And Gunn being a lawyer, whatever, whatever. But we'll just have to. <laughs> but it solves the problem of it solves yo problem, street yes. kid. Gun, you in in gun? Yeah, like, you know, and they really yeah. like hammered how out of place he was when, like, we're starting out here where he's in his flannel and he's just walking around with a basketball for some basketball? reason. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> street. <laughs> and then he's in a, a Taylor three piece suit like the next the next day. Like, it's just it was a bit. I understand. Okay, this is what we're doing. We're 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 going balls to the walls with this new format. Mm-hmm. But it was it's like okay, yeah. I, I wonder if they were um, also trying to get new viewers because they're like, look, the past doesn't matter. We're starting for fresh mm-hmm. right now. Come watch, come watch Angel mm-hmm. because this is this is the new the new digs. Yeah, most of this cast doesn't even remember the past, <laughs> so yeah. And neither neither did I. <laughs> I Steph, I messaged 
Robin a couple of days ago because I was freaking out <laughs> because Netflix doesn't have Angel anymore. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm going to watch this show. And I remembered that my sis- I borrowed, in quotation, my sister's uh, DVD box that I never gave it back. Oh, and, wow. And uh, so I had, I had it as a reserve to watch, thankfully. But it's crazy. Man, and I was like, I was like, Robin, yeah. I don't remember anything. <laughs> Did you watch any of those videos I sent you? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah I watched them all. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> they're, uh, are, they're so well made. They're so well made. It gets me so fired up to watch like another season of Buffy or Angel when I watch those. I sent her the Buffy verse trailers for all the seasons except for Angel season five, of course. But <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah, this season is very – I remember watching this originally and being, like, jarred as well. Like, I, a lot mm-hmm. of people consider Angel Season 5 as, like, their favorite season of Angel. And to me, personally, I am I'm a fan of probably, like, you know, 2 and 3, like, basically early hotel days, you know, before yeah. all the Connor stuff. This is, this is pretty cool once – Gets going, I think. Uh, but yeah, it, it is really jarring. I remember it being yeah. really jarring to me then, as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is a, like a different show. Um, okay, so uh, we we talked about Fred. We talked about uh, Wesley. Uh, Wesley is not really trusting anything, and is not a fan of Noxie. Uh, <laughs> <sighs> uh, oh yeah. So yeah. So Wesley. Now that. Gun and Fred are no more. Now he's got Noxie in his way. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Lauren okay. is having the time of his life. Ah, <laughs> uh, Lauren is in his element. <laughs> the sure. entertainment division. So anyway, it Angel suits him perfectly. Angel talks about getting ready to basically gut this place, top to bottom, uh, and then all of a sudden he walks into his office, and there is a little blonde standing there named Eve. What did you guys think of Eve? Um, just because I'm thinking about writing devices, I'm like, this better not be a freaking love interest because I'm not interested. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he did say that Eve is there, that this scene was to set up, uh, what's the word? Shoot. Um, foreshadowing? Grasshopper. Um, Where there's, where there's energy between two characters. Oh, like sexual tension? Tension. Tension. Yeah, like. Okay. Uh, yeah, sexual tension between Angel and Eve. Not interested. I didn't, and, get yeah, I didn't get that. And also that he wanted to show that evil can be cute. <laughs> <laughs> she ain't cute. From, okay, can I just ask before you sent me those videos, Robin, I was looking through. Is is we've, Have we seen Eve before? No. No. Okay, then never mind. Um, and she warns them that, you know, you close down this branch and we're just going to move on to another firm where we're we're a global corporation, you know, and now things are much complicated. They're going to have to figure out, you know, how to run this place. And, uh, you know, the gang's also trying to figure out if they're even doing the right thing in Uh that, in that great scene where, uh, Fred's legs are, uh, front and center. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and they're only shooting Alexis from the right side. Mm-hmm. Focus on the legs. Don't look at Alexis. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Eve gives Gunn a card, says you'll feel like a new man. See if you're ready for the next step. We know what that's going to be. 
so does Sadie. Uh, <laughs> I love Angel trying to call That's for coffee, good. and he keeps dialing up like rich, ritual <laughs> sacrifice. <laughs> so, uh, what was your reaction, Kim? When uh, like all these all these newbie questions are just going to go right to you, Kim? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, um, but uh, when all of a sudden uh, Angel meets his new assistant, Harmony. I was like, I was happy to see her. Uh-huh. I really was because I was not expecting to see her at all. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Steph, and- uh, I, I have a mute, I a mute point. Do. It's called a mute point. Uh, well, you a- know, when I would mute before, it would put me out oh, of sync. So right. I didn't know if I should mute. Yeah, mute so I will mute. Oh, okay. Well, well I muted. muted. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> she well, muted. Yeah, we'll see how it works. Forty-one minutes. Robin is going to check his uh, recording and make sure that everybody's in sync. All right. Yeah, it's so weird recording over the internet. It's <laughs> I'm still not used to it. <laughs> I know. I don't understand time. Anyway, harmony, harmony, harmony. Yeah, I was glad. I was glad to see her. Um, but when I noticed the absence of Cordelia, I was uh, wondering, oh, is she brought in to not replace Cordelia, but just to be, um, you know, that, you know, inner Tourette's voice that just hurts <laughs> out what everyone's thinking, yeah. you know, like the, the pseudo Anya, if you will. Yeah. So. Anya's it, the party. Uh, yeah, that. it's, <laughs> it's good to, <laughs> it was really good to see her and even like. Some of my favorite lines from the, the, these two episodes are from her <laughs> yes. because they're like literally laugh out loud funny, and I it was it, I'm glad to see her. You know, I, I got to say, Joss didn't do her any favors by having her first scene being like, I can't wait to see Cordy, and then she'd be like, whatever, moving on. <laughs> like, yeah, that, I forget what the line her, was. But no, the, this is what she said. Okay. okay, after she found out that Cordelia was in the yeah. coma, she said. Cordy was my best friend, like my whole <laughs> life. She's my role model. How can she? So anyway, I think you should not fire me. <laughs> not fire me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Josh said that he thought it was long overdue to make uh, Harmony a recurring character because she's been there since the very beginning. She was seventeen when she started wow. with wow. them. Oh, so it's fair for her to bring her on as a regular, but <laughs> mm-hmm. to kick her uh, Charisma Carpenter to the curb. Oh, but oh, Charisma's a new mom. She's a new mom. Josh Can was doing her a favor. <laughs> sure. Yeah, because moms don't need work. Okay. Yeah, I'm like moms don't need paychecks. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, man. Anyways. But anyway, he said, Josh said that uh, she brings a different comic timing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, than everybody I, would, else. I t- totally agree. And I he mean, said it's it, needed. Yeah. It's definitely needed because, uh, I don't know, because I don't think, um, I, don't, I guess she also adds a, like, um, a female perspective, albeit a very shallow one, to <laughs> to uh, to to the show because y- you're left with um, goodness gracious, you're left Fred. with Fred. Fred as your you know go to female, mm-hmm. and they've all been in love with Fred at one point. So it's just I would go to her. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I thought it was it was it was very refreshing and cute to see her and i was very happy to see her and i was happy to see her in the next episode as well mm-hmm. uh yeah for sure uh so harmony brings in corbin fries uh, corbin fries is joss's nephew <laughs> the name though right this is rod yes. this is rodney roland uh did you guess did anybody recognize him by the way 
He's from Space Above and Beyond. He was in a silent episode where he played a clone. Sure. He was like one of the stars of Space Above and Beyond, I believe. Okay. Um, he was the he was in the X Files episode Never Again, where Scully gets a tattoo. Oh God! She was like the guy that he like made. Out, she like made out with. She was also on okay. Veronica Mars playing Liam Fitzpatrick, one of the Fitzpatrick guys. Anyway, did you guys watch Veronica Mars? Now, yeah, yes. Rand- so we're, random we're question. To, we're about to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Okay. I watched. I think I watched the first two episodes. <laughs> That's it. Well, that was it. Well, you might I've want to tune into. Episode. We don't want to wait. Maybe. Slash iZombie podcast, <laughs> and where we're going to be recapping that, running through it again. Anyway, is that on? What is that on any um, medium? That show? Is that on Netflix or Hulu? <laughs> yeah, right. I think it's on Yahoo or something. <laughs> <laughs> How much is it on Amazon? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that's another thing. We have to talk about stuff like people actually listening to our podcast who haven't seen Veronica Mars because <laughs> there's all I've sorts of mysteries. Maybe we're going to need is you it? as a newbie, Kim. <laughs> that, way, like, was, that might be more fun, actually. <laughs> anyway, all right. So um, uh, Corbin here uh, threatens to drop the bomb if uh, they don't help him out. And he says the only people left standing are going to be the ones that are already dead. <laughs> oh, what a relief. <laughs> I mean, hey. No, I mean, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> So then we go to Lauren's employee evaluation, <laughs> which I love his sheet. It says, okay, on the bubble, evil, to be fired, and yikes. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a pretty cool thing. He makes them all sing so he knows uh, what's going yeah, on. Yeah, see, the show should do that more. Make people sing? Yeah, because that's like, that's oh, so for, thing. for Lauren, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we should we should see more of that. More car- We need Caritas back. We need Wolfman Hart to have a karaoke room. Yes. Meanwhile, Fred's hanging her Dixie Chicks uh, poster. You I remember like that? that? Do you was remember that around the time where, yes. they, where they made the Bush comments? Or? Yes. If yeah. That's why. And also in uh, inside the CD, you know, CDs. Remember mm-hmm. those? In, inside the those CD, it MP3s, said, right? we're, <laughs> we're changing the way we do business. And... That spoke to him, and I, and I guess it's uh, it's speaking to uh, the character of Fred. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a very Fred thing to do. Yeah, and uh, you know they're from Texas. So, Texas. so uh, I don't know. Somehow they figure out uh, they got to go talk to this necromancer guy, and uh, so Angel goes to his wait like, necromancer. No, not Necromancer. That's the other episode. The yeah, freelance yeah. mystic named the... Spanky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, this whole, I don't know, this whole Corbett fries and the bomb and the Spanky. Yeah. And I don't care. And it kind of gets wrapped up off screen, too, which is yeah. not doing any favors for this episode. <laughs> I was thoroughly confused yeah. going into the second episode because I was like, well, what's the point of the whole first episode? Yeah. I I, okay. I definitely like the second episode better. Spoilers. Oh. <laughs> another red, another question. When this originally aired, did it air as a two hour season premiere or I, was it, or was it two weeks? I don't think so. They, okay. Maybe. Cause they really wanted to, Oh, wait a second. I have the dates right here. 
Yeah. Uh, okay. October, nope. I think you said October. Yeah, it's October first, it, October eighth. October eighth, yeah. So okay, so it was two separate weeks. The one at that cliffhanger. Yep. The second episode. Um, I just wanted to note that the cars must all have necrotempered glass too, because he's just driving <laughs> through the day. <laughs> you must come with a great umbrella. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, how do you? Why do they call you Spanky? I'm a big R gang fan. <laughs> Which is great. He should have said little rascals, though. I don't know. I know. I know it is little rascals. Anyway, so uh, this idiot tries to put uh, Angel in a sleeper hold, and Angel tells him that he has no problem spanking men. Oh, my favorite line of the episode. <laughs> uh, so uh, Gunn waits in a waiting room for five hours. He gets hooked to a chair. Gets zapped a lot. He doesn't come out as Captain America. But uh, a lawyer eventually. Um, he comes out with a law degree. Yes. <laughs> and a great knowledge of Gilbert and Sullivan for elocution, yeah. of course. Yeah, th- there's this whole thing. Like this episode, they, I think they introduced the kid earlier in the episode. And yeah. then yeah. we realized why we saw the kid is because mm-hmm. the virus was put inside the kid. But then like uh-huh. we don't see anything – Anything happened to the kid after that? It, you know, he's Angel does a surprise with the helicopter, and he's in the classroom. Yeah, shooting up the classroom. That I was like, wow! Uh, <laughs> I can't believe uh-huh. they did that. Uh, and you know, Columbine had happened, so I don't know. Maybe it's because they didn't have kids in the classroom. There are no kids there. Yeah, yeah. they'd already been taken away. So yeah. Anyway, I'm skipping ahead. Um, uh, so Angel, yeah, takes t- when, when he hears about the the whole son thing, um, he takes it pretty hard, and Eve kind of te- teases him about that because we are reminded that only Angel remembers Connor and and, and Eve, of course, um, and that Con uh, Angel hid Connor away like this dad was hiding a bomb in his kid, mm-hmm. so there was like this parallel between. A, a dads keeping secrets with their children or something. Mm-hmm. Or something uh-huh, like that. Uh-huh. So, you know, you got to think about like, okay, so this Connor spell, like they don't remember Connor. So think about all the things in season four, even as baby Connor, like that, like Wesley stole Connor, which caused yeah. his throat getting slit, which caused <laughs> all this brooding and stuff like that. And now he's at like dark Wesley territory. But we take all that away. What does he remember? Um, Alexis Denisoff was interviewed about that, and um, he says they all still remember the events of last year, but to them, it, they turned out a little differently, and some of it is a little hazy. They all remember they were fighting a little last year. Uh, he was fighting a lot with mm-hmm. gun, but they're willing to put their differences aside to concentrate more on their mission. Mm-hmm. This is why uh, Wesley is still dark and broody. Um, even though he doesn't remember, like, betraying <laughs> Angel over Holtz and Connor. So, um, yeah, I'm, I, it's a little shaky. It's a little <laughs> weak. <laughs> Don't think about it too hard. Yeah, right. yeah. SOD. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Fred gets pretty frustrated, yells at her whole lab. Uh, to find this cure again, it's just like tension that's building up, and th- and then it's like we're gonna find out this kid got cured and stuff. Like, no, no, we're just g- Angel's gonna take this entire class out of the school and get there before the SWAT team blows them all away. And he doesn't even like, I don't know. Then there, then we have the courtroom scene. Anyway, so um, oh gosh, I'm skipping all over this place. 
What did you guys think about the whole thing where um, Angel fights Hauser, Agent Hauser, and he does this whole I believe in evil monologue and drops the episode title. And then Angel, like, kicks his shotgun to make Hauser <laughs> blow his own head off. <laughs> and he calls that mercy. Right. Yep. You just saw the last of it. I was hoping to see more of Hauser, but I didn't have a chance to fall in love with him because he died. <laughs> Hauser also calls seconds. him a, a pathetic little fairy, and Angel says, I'm not little. <laughs> the way he said it made me laugh. Mm-hmm. I'm not little. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But yeah, okay, well, we saw the kid, the two kids going in the classroom. They're talking about comic books. Uh, the boy says that he bought The Punisher, and they oh, talk yeah. about the X-Men, because, you know, Joss wrote an X-Men comic. And so, Joss talks about in the commentary that Angel went full Punisher. Yeah, I guess so. Mm-hmm. It's just like, right in the middle of the school, too. It's like, really? <laughs> wow, I can't believe they did that, you know? But well, you know there had only been there had only been several kids killed in a school at that time. (laughs) Since then, there's been I don't even know. I don't even I couldn't even tell you how many kids have been killed in school since then. So it wasn't as sore a subject as it wasn't as icky at that point Mm -hmm. as it is now. You know they're selling backpacks this year uh, for back to school that are bulletproof. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, meanwhile, the I, Wesley even brings a gun to the courtroom, thinking that he's going to shoot mm. Corbin. Uh, yeah, I was like, who brings a gun to the courtroom? Ha- how's that gonna ha- yeah, how did he get to, through those metal detectors? Probably put a yeah. mystical spell over the gun uh, to like, area and the seal of protection or something. SOD, SOD. <laughs> <laughs> when Gunn steps in and uh, recites all sorts of laws and previous cases and gets a mistrial on. Um, this guy. And this was, is my biggest problem with the episode. Like, none of their other lawyers could have gotten that yeah. precedent for the judge. Like, <laughs> it didn't <laughs> seem to be that, you know, they've been working on this case for that long, and he was the only one to figure that out. It didn't seem that complicated. I don't know. Did they know? That maybe it was like that judge was assigned recently. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Uh. <laughs> no, they make it look like Gunn is the ultimate clever scheming mm-hmm. lawyer, lawyer yeah. Yeah. like just those lawyers are just the lawyers that are there now are just evil yeah and also also ears. <laughs> yeah Apparently. Like super, super smart isn't wolfram and hart like all lawyers a lot of the lawyers died you know when oh that's true okay. oh that's a good the point beast rampage good yeah point. Yeah, they also might try to, um, you know, work with the fact that you know they do all the because at the be in the middle of the episode they said the jury was literally tamper proof and that kind of stuff. So maybe that's what they rely on that kind of stuff versus actual law uh-huh. practice. Mm, yeah. All uh, right. So uh, yeah. Oh, but also wait. Can we go back? No, please. This scene. It was oh god the commentary. Joss bragged so hard about how he wrote this law and order scene, and then he sent the script to the uh, law consultant, and they only changed a couple of words. <laughs> and I just wanted to barf. You nailed it, Joss. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> 
Uh, all right, so yeah, mixed victory here. Like this kid is saved, but he's also with this shitty dad, and that dad is not going to be punished for his crimes. He's just going to go on being shitty, and yeah, I, it's weird. It's like a, it's like Joss is setting this precedent for the season. Like, yeah, they're working for the bad guys now. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I guess the greater good is that the virus didn't get released. So I don't know. Anyway, uh, Angel says that they're going to uh, work Wolfram and Hart against itself, and um, and we're going to do it our way. And then he opens this envelope that's been bouncing around throughout the episode. An amulet drops on the floor, and then smoke rises, and there's Spike there in his last moments of uh, the Buffy finale, burning alive and then <laughs> reanimating. Say what? <laughs> Wesley says, Spike. Angel says Spike. <laughs> Harmony says Blondie Bear. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Uh, and Kim, you were totally surprised. You had never totally. ever been spoiled on this at all. No. Well, okay. Full disclosure. I knew that I knew that when Spike left Buffy that he joined Angel. I just mm-hmm. knew it from way back in the day. I, I again, not even watching the show, but that's just stuff that like I knew from like like yeah. I knew Angel was a vampire. It's like I just knew. <laughs> sorry, what? sorry, Gabby. <laughs> so that's a callback sure to was... seven years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was supposed to be a big, like, oh my god, moment. But and everyone is like, don't watch the opening credits. Yeah, like, Why? they show they show that James <laughs> Marsters is on the show. Yeah, and be, because I knew that he was joining the cast this season, the entire episode I was like waiting for his big reveal. <laughs> and I thought, honest to goodness, when they were in the school, that that was going to be his reveal because that would be, because of school hard is when he oh, first yeah. came to the Buffy, right? Yep. So I thought he's gonna walk in the hall just like the like we saw in Buffy, and then when that didn't happen, I'm like, oh damn, I'm not as smart as I thought I was. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then, then I was like, then it came to the point where the em- the amulet crashed or broke, and he came. I was like, oh yeah, Spike's on the show now. Like I yeah. again, I just, I totally forgot that I was supposed to be shocked mm-hmm. that he's gonna be joining the show. So, <laughs> but. But yeah, sorry guys, I knew I I'm, I wish that I didn't know But Oh, it's okay I mean, honestly, back then It really kind of sucked because I swear, I don't know if I'm having a bad memory or, or whatever But it was as if I remember like Buffy chosen ending And then an ad saying that James Marsters was going to be on Angel next year Like, it was that instantaneous To find out Like, uh-huh but to my brain, though, it doesn't make sense because Buffy was on UPN, so why would they advertise for Angel? But maybe <laughs> it was like a mutant enemy thing that they had it in their... Mm-hmm. I don't know. Whatever. When when the episode aired, did it have him in the opening credits? Because they, it yeah. shouldn't have. It should have waited till the second episode because nope. that would have been a huge shock. And all that, all the scenes from the from the second episode are in the opening credits. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. All the spike stuff yeah. is... Yeah. 
Uh, okay, so I have some notes about that. David Fiore has said that originally James Marsters was going to be a recurring guest star. However, while negotiations for season five were being made, the WB told the producers that if James became a regular, the odds of Angel being picked up for a fifth season uh-huh. would improve greatly. So they weren't even sure if they were going to get this season. But the WB mm-hmm. was like, oh, oh, Marsters is back. Like Spike is back. We can build on that. And nobody at the WB said, oh, where's Charisma Carpenter? <laughs> sorry. Oh, she's a sorry. woman that got pregnant. Yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, sorry, this grinds uh, my gears. Yeah, right. <laughs> Please. Uh, and uh, David Boreanaz says about it, um, uh, Spike is playing in Angel's Big World now. It was inevitable. Inside, he's really a big city guy. He had no choice but to get out of that small town. They are old, old friends. There's lots of angst. There's lots of conflict. There's lots of humor. Needless to say, his yeah. return is going to make for some good hours this season. Okay. So I'm, I, I, I just think it's a natural fit. I really do. It's I like perfect. that he's part of the yeah. show now. And yeah. I love that they... I love that they hate each other. <laughs> it's the best romance. Uh, <laughs> all right. So um, we want to rate this thing. <laughs> sure. Uh, Me? Uh, oh, my God. I totally forgot we did ratings. Yeah, yeah we did ratings. <laughs> I have a very detailed spreadsheet that I've been keeping since the beginning of time. Well, I, I will say that I, I'm probably going to give this, um, uh, I'm happy to, I'm happy that I'm with my old friends again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause I have not even looked at this show since we last recorded. <laughs> and cause I, I, I was even thinking to myself, oh, should I just watch it and get it over with for me? Like, cause I just want to watch <laughs> the show. And I'm just, but, but no. I, I I didn't watch it. I'm kind of glad that I did because this show is like a fresh start. Yeah. And um, I think if I had watched it earlier, um, not knowing that we'd be recording, you know, I didn't know we'd be taking this long of a hiatus. But <laughs> I think I would have been a little bit angry. I'm like, what are they doing to my show? You know. Right. But I I kind of am interested to see what we're where we're where we're headed. I'm 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 excited to. Rewatch this for mm-hmm. sure. Um, yeah. So okay. So my rating. Oh my god. I'm gonna give it. Oh god. Seven out of ten. Um, unexpected ratings. I don't know. Or sorry. Seven. <laughs> seven, seven, seven out of ten. Um, injusticely fired women. There we go. You got it. All right. Let's go to our guest, Karen. All right. Um. Yeah. I thought it was good. Um. I also gave it a seven, and I trying to come up with a rating it was tough for the both episodes but i would give it <laughs> seven out of ten mind enhancers <laughs> okay <laughs> Steph? i am so excited about this working for wolfram and heart thing it's so interesting the uh the morality of it mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. uh i i'm so excited because i can't remember what happens i remember specific episodes but i don't remember the the details and um, I think all Joyce really cared about for this episode, obviously, was the, hey, look at our awesome set and remember these characters and here's a new character and this is how the characters are going to change. And there's also uh, this, you know, s- the s- story of the week, but it doesn't even matter. And there's some fighting and Mike messes back and uh, there's some, some uh, uh, what do you call those where you're on a line? Uh, line dancing. 
No, where you're on the, <laughs> where you're being held up by a rope. Oh, laundry. Tight rope walking? No. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Zip line? Acrobat? No. <laughs> yeah, where he, where Tight like the walk. stunt double, where the stunt double like jumps Tight up on walking. the wall. Wire and foo? Wire, wire fighting, wire work. Wire foo. Wire. Where he, where Mike Nessa jumps up, like runs up the wall and does a, a Oh, a the kick. turn. Yeah. And he kicks one of those guys in the face. That was great. Mm-hmm. So, what, I'm babbling. Where are we? I'm giving it, because the story of the, the case of the week was really weak. Seven out of ten evil radio shacks. <laughs> I'm so glad I agree with you guys. I think this is probably one of their least, like, it's an interesting season opener, but it's one of the least effective. I think the one that gets me least excited. Um, So, yeah, I gave it a 7 out of 10 fine, firm asses. (laughs) And that's that's my first quote that I'm going to say. I don't spank men. It's not a judgment. Men have fine, firm asses. If you've been to the website, you know how much I work on mine. (laughs) <laughs> Anybody else have any quotes that we missed on yet? Um, I had uh, Angel's uh, quote to Eve, you're not cute when I'm angry. <laughs> <laughs> I like when, uh, what is it when she, he says, uh, you like to make an entrance. And she said, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you open. You come through a room and open both doors. <laughs> that's, that's so Angel. That was great. <laughs> any more quotes? Uh, sure that I have. And, and Gunn says, you lost, boss. And Angel says, uh, on a lot of levels. <laughs> Did you hear what happened to me last night? And Gunn says, what, you got lucky? <laughs> <laughs> so they're always like taking, taking a piss at Angel. So, yeah. <laughs> taking the piss out of him, taking the piss out of Angel. That's right. <laughs> uh, I can't believe nobody said this quote, so I'm going to have to say it. Uh, Wesley, don't you think it's a bit unseemly adding Y's to the end of people's names? And Gunn says, does that mean I have to call you Wessel? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Bruce and Tomas actually sent in feedback for both episodes and they divided it. So I'm going to read uh, Bruce's and then Tomas's. Here we go. Since I'm sure nobody has the Redemption Cast email open, I'll go ahead and read it. Nope. Uh, Bruce says, not my favorite season opener, probably because they've covered so much of the reason behind their working at Wolfram and Hart in Home, which is the season four uh, finale. Fred sums that up all, all, all up in about 10 seconds, but then they do it again and again and again. Fred doesn't want to be in charge of anything, but when someone needs to step up with their people, she slides right into the role nicely. Most of the comparisons I've seen online for this episode are with season one's blind date, which seems to be thought of as a test for Lindsay McDonald. He helps the children escape Wolfram and Hart's assassin and is offered a promotion because he stood up to us and won, according to Holland Manners. Kim, do you remember that episode? No. Team Angel gets tested here <laughs> and managed to put on a problem without causing any damage to their evil law firm. Yay, team. Eve explained the rules to Angel, but when Lindsay finally left late in season two, he told Angel not to play by Wolfram and Hart's rules. Oh, and Gunn's a lawyer, Harmony's an executive assistant, and Spike still knows how to make an entrance. All right. His email will continue at the end of the next episode. Here's Tomas' first part. Uh, Conviction. When I first started watching this episode – by the way, Tomas sent this email back in April. 
Um, <laughs> when I first started watching the episode, I immediately got very happy. Even though I freaking love season four with all its dark melodrama and uber serialization, it feels really good to have something a bit lighter in this episode. Oh, wait, was there something about a human trafficker putting a bomb inside his son in this one? <laughs> okay, maybe lighter isn't the wrong word, but it was still a lot of fun. What did you guys think of Eve? She's super cute. You know, in that I'm considering eating your soul for dinner tonight kind of way. My kind of woman. (laughs) (laughs) Her introduction scene was a bit awkward and stuff with exposition for my taste, but she should be an interesting new variable for the show going ahead. Wolfram and Hart really need to get into the business with someone from the Matrix and get a hold of a less painful shove new skills into your brain machine. Less screaming and more, whoa, I know lawyer kung fu. Uh, <laughs> incognito Lorne No comment on that I just love it By the way Am I crazy Or didn't Angel Used to have some kind Of moral problem With killing humans I mean I know he locked A bunch of Wolfram and Hart Lawyers in the basement To be killed before Do, do you remember that Kim? No uh, But the- <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember anything. <laughs> but that was supposed to show us he'd gone to an incredibly dark place. In this episode, I'd say he's pretty good place by his standards anyway, but yet he has no problem whatsoever slaughtering a whole squad team without a second thought. Uh, if he doesn't have a problem with murdering Wolfram and Hart personnel, then how come he didn't kill Lila or Gavin or Linwood or Lindsay when they were doing terrible things? Not that I personally mind seeing these douchebags getting killed in this episode. I'm just trying to figure out if the show's trying to say something with this or if it's more convenient well, at the moment. Josh said that Angel went all Punisher and he Josh doesn't agree, but Angel takes them out on their own terms and it works well in hero fiction, but it belongs in hero fiction and not in the real world or something like that. Hmm. I don't know. I uh, finishes says, okay, that's all I have for commission, I think. Oh, did someone mention something about a blondie bear? I give this one 8 out of 10. Okay. Shall we move on to episode 2, Just Rewards? Uh, written written mm-hmm. by David Fury and Ben Edlund. Uh, I love Ben Edlund. He is awesome. Um, uh, and David Fury, too. Oh, yeah, of course. So, did it sound like James Marster's dialogue was the whole thing was 80-yard? I believe yeah, that is, there was a scene for sure where it was. Yeah, where he's out in the open in like the big foyer, uh, big center of Wolfram and Hart. Mm-hmm. Like well, he, yeah, there was a scene with him and Angel where the entire thing was ADR. You could tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they mentioned that in the goofs. I didn't actually catch it, but um, I love that we get to see uh, the Buffy finale. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, hey, Buffy! Oh my oh, God, it's Buffy! God. Look how skinny she was. She was so skinny. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, to put it um, in timeline terms, that was 19 days ago. <laughs> so, yeah. Not like three years ago. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it spikes a uh, heroic uh, end. I want to see how it ends. I They did omit the uh, I love you. And then yeah, he says I, like. No, you don't. No, you don't. But thanks for saying it. <laughs> yeah. I thought yeah. that was sad that they took that out. Yeah. But maybe they were, they were just running short on time. <laughs> okay. Um, but I love how, like, they really, like, get it right where, with him, like, 
burning away and then mm-hmm. he's in that same exact pose mm-hmm. the next second yeah. in Angel's office. And I love how he's so disoriented. Because mm-hmm. that's how it would be. he would be like, where am I? What's going on? Who are all these people? Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't, they don't know him and he he knows Angel. He doesn't know these people. Right. I think Wesley read about it. I don't think Wesley actually ever met Spike. Mm-mm. I don't uh-huh. think so. Oh, and he knows Harmony, but yeah. he doesn't know anybody else. And then, uh, Harmony says something to him and he said, oh, I'm in hell. And uh, Lauren says, oh, everybody thinks that. You're just in L.A. (laughs) Close. Why why does everybody want to live in L.A. but they hate it there? (laughs) Like nobody wants to live in L.A. I guess you got to live there to to figure that's something I've heard before, though. I don't know. So Spike is... A ghost? Question mark? Question mark? Question mark? Because they're yeah. they figure out he's yeah. not a, actually a ghost, but he's non corporeal. Yeah, he's that's in a purgatory. <laughs> you think so? Is he on the back of a turtle? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is Spike a smoke monster or just a smoking monster? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's gotta suck. He loves cigarettes. Like he can't smoke anymore. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. I love that Harmony is instantly like gets offended by Spike and then reminds him that they're not going out anymore. So he can't talk to her. (laughs) And then when she she finds out about Buffy. Oh, she's so offended. Yeah. She goes back and forth, back and forth. Um, her reaction to finding out that Spike and Buffy were together is just <laughs> my exact internal <laughs> feelings of Buffy and Spike. They never <laughs> should have gotten together, but yeah. And we find out that Buffy's in Europe now. Yeah. Yes. So. 19 days and then take her long. I guess she didn't I, have I the pack. Say, that was a quick trip. I didn't realize it was three weeks. She didn't have anything to pack. But uh, yeah, it's a pretty big move. I, you know, the last thing we hear is I heard there's another Hellmouth in Cleveland or something. You know, right. <laughs> now it's like uh-huh. she's in Europe. Now, yeah. Lauren, I love how Lauren loves the story. The Vampire Slayer, both men uh-huh. love, both men <laughs> lost. Oh, I can sell that to a studio in a heartbeat. He starts comparing <laughs> Angel and Spike to Johnny Depp and Orlando Bloom. <laughs> hey, it's 2003. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that was back when people liked Johnny Depp. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. No, no one can stand him. Um, they start talking about uh, what Spike remembers, and uh, he does remember burning alive. Pretty, pretty. Mm-hmm. And well, it literally just happened to him. Mm-hmm. So, Kim, do you remember the whole amulet? Uh, yes and no. Okay, so... Yes and no. I kind of I kind of remember it. So, Lila gave it to Angel to... And then to, he was going to go to Sunnydale with it. And uh, mm-hmm. and then it was like, I have to wear... The, you know, he thought he, he had to wear this. He was like the champion or whatever. And then she, he just gave it to gave it to Buffy when Buffy... I think she was like, didn't, didn't need his help or whatever. Or... He, I'm going to need you on another, the other front if they get back, if they get past me or whatever. Um, and that so, was the whole part with Caleb, wasn't it? Yeah. And then he, uh, then, then she gives the amulet to Spike. And, uh, yeah, because there's this whole thing of is Angel the champion? Ch- mm-hmm. Angel's, because Angel was special because he was the vampire with a soul, but now Spike has a soul. Mm-hmm. So he's mm-hmm. just as special. But he's not technically a vampire anymore, though. Yeah. Right? What is he? Uh, 
I can't remember. <laughs> and, uh, I used to know. I love that Angel, like, Angel and Spike both have different uh, views about the Buffy finale. Like, Angel just tries to, like, downplay Spike saving the world. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then, like, Spike, like, fades away and just reappears. And then he starts calling Angel a chicken for leaving. That <laughs> 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 he calls him Captain Forehead, which is uh, pretty, pretty tight insult. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, uh, trivia. Uh, this is James Marster's 100th appearance as Spike. The 100th episode oh, yeah. he's done as Spike. Nice, nice. So I love that Angel is like being called a sellout by Spike. Like, (laughs) like he's like the outsider coming into this. Like, he hasn't gone Mm -hmm. through all this stuff. He doesn't understand. He thinks Angel is like, you know, a total corporate goon or whatever. (laughs) And what happened to like his grandpa, his grandpa vampire? (laughs) (laughs) His grandsire. (laughs) Grandsire. Yes. Uh, So Angel uh, is. Arguing with Spike and then all of a sudden notices there's a Groxlar beast in the lobby um, who ends up – he was the uh, – he was Angel's next appointment and he didn't know but he murders him. Who – he's like – what was it? He eats babies. He's, and yeah, he's like, only the heads. heads. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and, and Angel said, well, what was he doing here? And uh, Gunn says, well, you were too uh, – Talk about them deciding not to eat babies' heads. <laughs> <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Gunn's been firing people, I guess, using Lauren's whole list there. And uh, uh-huh. uh, what else? Uh, Spike, Spike, for some reason, is sitting in Angel's chair. Uh, I don't know how he's able to do that. He also sits in a car later in the episode. No <laughs> idea how he does that. <laughs> SOD, SOD. <laughs> Uh, so we, the, the case of the week is kind of introduced. The grave robbing division is shut down by Gunn, and this lawyer Novak is like, "Well, how are we going to get these bodies, these bodies, to Magnus Hainsley? He's, he's who we." And uh, Angel wants Novak to go fire him, and then, um, uh, yeah, that doesn't go well. He comes back in buckets. Um, what else? Um, oh, I like how Angel and Wesley are discussing about like the whole what is. Um, what is going on here with this with Spike reappearing and with uh, like like it's strange how the senior partners gave Angel the amulet thinking maybe it would get rid of him, but then they ended up handing over the LA office. So why would they hand over the LA office to him if they wanted to get rid of him? What are they even up to? <laughs> so um, and Jeffrey Bell, who by the way, if you've been noticing the male guy walking around the yes. with the Luchador mask. <laughs> Yeah, that's Jeffrey Bell, the showrunner. <laughs> okay. Oh, is it? Yeah. He's not. He's not. He doesn't play him for all, all the episodes we've seen. But he at least makes three appearances as a luchador. Mm-hmm. The guy with the five on the uh, on his luchador mask. Uh, but Jeffrey Bell says, um, talking about like the mystery of uh, Spike and why they got Wolfram and her and all that, he says, we'll do our best to answer everything in bits and pieces. Right now, Spike is a ghost, but he's not a normal ghost. What the hell is he and why is he here? Ultimately, you'll learn not the big why, but how and through but what mach- machinations that happened. I think he and Angel are a lot of fun. They have a really different energy and viewers always say, treat Spike with respect. We as writers do, but if all the characters did, you'd get bored so fast. What makes Spike unique is he has this outside persona. He's the big bad who doesn't fit in. Otherwise, he's mm-hmm. just Angel. What's great is people are so passionate about the characters that they yell and scream at us. <laughs> so, 
people were worried that Spike was going to end up being like, well, who knows? We'll see. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, it turns out Spike can't even leave LA. He tries, so he's kind of stuck haunting Angel, and he's kind of happy to haunt Angel. <laughs> <laughs> so he joins he joins Angel to go to that mansion, Magnus Hansley's mansion. Um, I'll just that that the effect of the necromancer guy Hainsley uh-huh. putting his hand in the stomach of of both that random chick at the beginning and Angel uh-huh. that was a very cool effect. Yeah, that was freaky. It, I was like, oh, twice. I was like, I knew it was coming, and I was just like, oh, right? yeah. <laughs> very very well done. Uh, does anybody want to say the quote when Angel and Spike enter the mansion? <laughs> No, I've got it. <laughs> what is it? We're, uh, I'm from Wolfram and Hart, Spike says, and I'm his date. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't hear that. See, yeah. I don't know. It was his, his, his mm-hmm. audio was, it was hard to understand James Marsters. Uh, so we got bodies posed around like they're at a cocktail party. <laughs> that was very cool. Yeah, it was creepy. Very creepy. Yeah, I like this. I like this guy. I mean, you know, the whole idea of him. Yeah. Yeah, and he's, I like he's a good the, actor too. His, his yeah, the character. Mm-hmm. I bet he does a lot of like voice work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I went through his IMDb. He's been around for a while, but he didn't play. He doesn't play anything like that sticks out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody's kids are yelling. Oh, that's my my. <sighs> that's me. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also, I like uh, how he has power over Angel. Yeah, because he's a necromancer. Defenseless, defenseless uh-huh. against him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the whole thing where Spike is talking about these bodies, and he's like, "They're lucky that they get the di- they only get to die once." And um, and then this butler comes out. Angel ends up killing him with a spoon, which kind of <laughs> disappoints Spike. <laughs> and meanwhile, Spike is like rooting on the butler, and Angel says, "Stop rooting for the other guy." Um, but uh, Spike is like pissed. He's, he got to see. He saved the world, and he didn't get anything for it. Meanwhile, Angel has everything. And then Angel fires back. I spent a hundred years trying That's to come to favorite. terms yeah. with infinite remorse. You spent three <laughs> weeks moaning in a basement, and then you were fine. <laughs> yeah, That's my favorite. <laughs> Which is so true. So yep. true. Uh-huh. And uh, I think we can blame the writers for that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Spike disappears and Angel's like, finally, (laughs) but it turns out that Hainsley brought him back and tells him that he's going to, um, you know, he wants to make him a deal. Um, Uh but didn't you know, did you know Spike was gonna, uh, betray Angel? Mm -hmm. I mean, he's, of course, I mean, he's going to have to do it at least once, right? (laughs) Yes. Uh, Per episode. Sorry. I was thinking about before you were telling me about the episodes of the season when they were doing like the body switch or what I thought was going to be the body switch. Mm-hmm. I was like, how great is this season going to be oh. if Angel is Spike and Spike <laughs> is Angel and no one knows this is going to uh, be so I love a good. good. Body switch. And then I was like, not even for five minutes did we get the body switch. And I was just like, damn it. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I like, yeah, you want me to hurt Angel? No problem. Uh, 
uh, Harmony still hurt that even with a soul, Spike doesn't change his, like a leopard, he doesn't change his stripes. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fred and Wesley report that the only way to get rid of Spike is to exercise him. We have to destroy the amulet. Good, uh, good hard, you know, smash. And it's I, th- I like this because Angel at first is like, yeah, let, how do I how do I get rid of him? Let me just get rid of him. Get rid of him forever. And then they actually tell him how to do it, and he's like, let me sleep on it because he actually does still care about Spike because they love each other. Yeah, well, I mean, and and Spike wants to die. He. Living in this limbo, he's miserable. Mm-hmm. And I like this his character arc this episode because he's so like what why should I even be here if this is my existence? <laughs> I don't uh-huh. want to be a wisecracking ghost sidekick. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh Angel takes the shirt off twice in this episode. Uh yes. sure does. Yep. First time. Sure does. I like how it's just basically like Morley's ghost shows up. <laughs> like, does okay, make question. Feel guilty? Does Angel live at Wolferman Heart? I don't believe so. I believe he's got his own apartment. Okay. Uh, Where? It's a, it's somewhere with okay. necro-tempered glass. I don't know. I don't know. Where do they all live? Maybe it'll be revealed. They all revealed. used to live in the hotel. <laughs> the hotel so well, Wesley had an apartment. Now. Yeah, that's true. Well, uh, Where you got the... Bang Lila uh, <laughs> and and keep what's her face in a cage. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she got a bucket. Justine. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I also found it interesting that Angel was going to bed at night. So mm. oh, this yeah. new arrangement, like because that he has to yes. stay at the law firm. That's right. Yeah, maybe he's got jet lag. <laughs> yeah. I thought. I thought the same thing. I'm like, why is he even sleeping one in a bed? Why or sleeping bed? at all? <laughs> he shouldn't even he sleep in sleep a in coffin. A... No. <laughs> Have you been watching the show? He doesn't sleep in a coffin. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, it, it turns out to be a uh, – I love I love how Angel raises the thing to smash the amulet and then he just starts hitting himself in the head. <laughs> it's uh-huh. a double cross. <laughs> So, yeah, Angel gets put on the table. Hainsley reveals that he's going to put Spike in Angel's body and in control of Wolfman Hearts. And uh, maybe – and and Spike even teases that maybe he's going to have his way with Fred. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Hainsley – But the next day he was going to go and unfreeze the necromancer's assets and stuff. Mm-hmm. So Spike takes control of Hainsley. Um he smashes his head off a cr- like a I don't even know a shelf or something, and then he Hainsley starts fighting Angel some more, and it turns out that Spike was actually like revived him, <laughs> and it wasn't until Hainsley got beheaded, which was a cool yeah. effect as well. That was funny, yeah. Un- unexpected. Yeah, Hainsley, he was dead when he hit the table. <laughs> <laughs> So my last note is basically this. I like this whole scene with the with Fred and Spike in her office, and uh, he actually like says he's terrified. That he feels it pulling, like he feels like he's going to get pull, pulled into hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the ground that he's walking on is shaky. Yeah. So I like this. This starts a little, uh, you know, a friendship with him and Fred. So. Um, any other mentions about, Notes about this episode We ran through this episode pretty quick uh, beside, um, Compared to the last episode But then again I had like a hundred things to say Before it <laughs> <laughs> um, Do we want to just rate it? 
Because we well, have, I we like have this one. If I'm comparing it to the first mm-hmm. episode, this this one is like okay. I like I pre- I much more preferred this one because we're kind of getting back to a little bit of how the old angel was, even though we've got these new elements to deal with. Like, yeah, they. It's you know when you watch a show and season one the characters look one way and then season two when the show's successful and everyone's got some money it's like they put some more effort into like <laughs> styling the show and, and the hair is shinier and all that stuff so this is this is kind of like what it feels like it's like they're they're they've been catapulted into this like very special and elite world whereas before they were i felt like they were much more relatable mm-hmm. if that makes any sense and anyways i'm rambling they were sh- they were shaggy and now they're polished e- e- pretty much yeah mm-hmm. and i do like the dynamic of spike and angel and i'm i'm interesting to see where it goes well, what I don't like is, again, I was trying to get to this point earlier where Robin was saying that this season is more standalone episodes. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of the standalone episodes. I like the arc because I like to follow where the characters are going. But that's also a different era, a different time, because we watch shows now on DVD. We watch them on Netflix where we can binge watch them all, mm-hmm. where you're watching. You know, six episodes of Angel, it's like watching one long episode uh, when you're watching it and when you're binge watching it, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to be a fan of these standalone episodes because what are we working towards? What are we, you know? There anyway. is an ongoing plot in the background. There are, there are questions and there are uh-huh. different things that each character is going to have to work out. Um, yeah, just I, like yeah. <laughs> uh, like this with Gunn. You know, yes, he's a clever, conniving lawyer. Will he can, you know, he's had Wolfram and Hart messing in his head, mm-hmm. literally yeah. in his head. Can he be trusted? What is going on with Spike? Is he a ghost? Will he he ever be corporeal again? Uh, uh-huh. How is how are they dealing with working for the enemy and working for uh-huh. evil, pure evil that they can never get rid of? How are they going to fight evil? I mean, I just think um, yes, there are standalone episodes. Like I can think of a handful right off the top of my head that are really great standalone episodes, but. Um, we, you still have the overarching story. Yeah, for uh-huh. sure. Okay, that's yeah. good to know. Yeah. I mean, it's like there. I I was yeah. happy at the this cliffhanger in the sense where when Spike asked for help because right. he's super vulnerable, and I was like, okay, here we go, let's go, and now I'm amped to see the next episode. <laughs> yeah, he knows that Fred is the smart one, even though uh-huh. uh, Wesley handles the 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 the. <laughs> What do you call this? The um, mystical mm-hmm. with the okay. being the watcher and everything. But he knows Fred is his only hope because she's the smart one to figure okay. out. Okay, figure it out. Yeah. yeah, the scientist. Yeah, Spike is very science based. Don't give me a mumbo jumbo. I want science because he's from the eighteen hundreds. All right, so Kim, do you want to rate it? Oh, God, again, I forgot. We rate these things now. Um, so it's an improvement from last week, but not by much. So I'm going to give it seven and a half out of ten. Ooh. 
<laughs> Seven and a half out of ten. Um, invasive mic and uh, um, um, necromancing stomach pumpers. <laughs> yep. Nailed it. Uh, yep. <laughs> Karen? Um, I did like this episode better than the first one. Um, I like Spike. I liked, um, I liked Angel and Spike's relationship and their banter back and forth. Um, so I like that. And I did like um, Hainsley's character and the whole idea of the mm. body people. You're giving giving non corporeal people corp- corpses to go into. So I like that. Um, so I'm going to give it eight out of ten body transfers. Okay. Oh, we didn't even talk about how the lawyer went to see Hainsley and came back in buckets. Oh, I mentioned it. We're just oh. breeze yeah. by it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. This this story, the narrative, the plot was a whole lot better than than last episode. Even though I couldn't understand hardly anything James Marsters was saying. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Put your earbuds in next time. Okay. That's what I, I give it eight out of ten blondie bears. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this episode is so much better than the last one. I mean, I really – like I watched the first one and it felt like a chore. Yeah. Um, and this one I was like, oh my god, these guys – Spike and Angel, yay! <laughs> like I, I had a blast. Like I, I was going through um, the episode and my notes when thinking about like what to rate it um, and I was just like every single scene, there was something to like about it you know, because it, it's either like – Angel and Spike together, Spike interacting with other things. There wasn't a lot of, uh, you know, BS. Um, so I actually give it a, a nine out of ten. Slayer loving freaks. Mm, okay. <laughs> yep. Yep. Because I, yeah, no, it's not perfect. Uh, you know, I ten out of ten are the ones that like I'm really emotionally invested in. But I think it's just a really well functioning mm. episode. Really I'm fun. nervous that I won't. I'm nervous that this season won't get any tens from me. Mm-hmm. That's okay. But it's still it's still early. Yeah. It's still super early. Uh, do we have any quotes you want to mention? <laughs> what? What's happened to me? Well, I'm no doctor, but I think you're a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I'll follow it. I'll follow it. I'm no bloody ghost. Hey, you're the one sticking out of a desk, pal. <laughs> <laughs> I liked, Harmony um, had such a great quote. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's so quotable. When uh, Wesley and Angel were meeting and Spike comes in and Angel says, I'm in a meeting, Spike. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I didn't care. So Spike. Um, I have one. Uh, it's Wesley and Spike. Wesley, do you have any memory of a strange sensation when it released its energy? And Spike says... What, you mean my skin and muscle burning away from the bone, organs exploding in my chest, eyeballs melting in the sockets? No, no memory at all. Thanks for asking. <laughs> uh. Yeah, and my favorite quote, I just really like that angel quote when when uh, Spike, um, you know, was saying, you know, oh, I, I saved the world, you know, and I don't get any credit for it. And it's not fair. <laughs> You asked for a soul. I didn't. It almost killed me. I spent a hundred years trying to come to terms with infinite remorse. You spent three weeks moaning in a basement. And you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> so funny. Um, yeah, it's some good writing. Ben Edlund and David Fury, I think, are also just great. And it's and you know, 
It's the both uh-huh. of them working together, so that's cool. Um, okay, so shall I read some more feedback? Yes. Okay. Please. Ray actually wrote in, uh, and he's commenting on both episodes, so I just popped it at the end here. He says, Welcome back. I think these episodes are a lot of fun. Putting the Angel Investigation team in an unfamiliar setting and adding Spike to the mix were both great decisions by the show. Being at the Hyperion Hotel and solving crimes was getting a bit stale. Putting them in charge of Wolfram and Hart provides a much-needed change-up. I'm always really surprised by the way Angel the show adapts and changes. From the supernatural PI show doing the will of the powers that be in season one, to Angel turning dark in the trip to Pylea in season two, to introducing Connor and Holt in season three, to Jasmine, Evil Cordy in season four, to now running Wolfram and Hart in season five, the writers don't even don't ever seem to settle into a status quo. They're always changing things yeah. up. Good news is that we no longer have Connor in the opening credits. But very sad to see that Charisma Carpenter is gone from them as well Mm. Cordy is one of the better characters In the whole Buffyverse And for her to go out the way she did at the end of season 4 Is a black mark on the show I agree, Ray Mm -hmm. Um, Having Spike join the show now That Buffy is over Was a great decision though Spike and Angel are hilarious together It's a shame that the reveal at the end of episode 1 Is ruined by having Spike in the credits the show just uh-huh. feels so different to me in a good way. Replacing the hotel with the Wolfram and Hart offices as the main set really gives the show a brighter look and feels very fresh compared to spending the last three seasons at the Hyperion. Oh, can I mention something, something about ahead. that? I'm not sure if they did this before, but I noticed um, in the in episode or season five, episode one especially, like the steady cam work is amazing mm-hmm. because they're going in between like the set is huge right and they're going in between um the elevators and behind walls it looks like they did a couple of like a full scene in one shot oh yeah yeah that, you know, it was four minute it was a four minute one or it was what we were talking about at the beginning of the premiere episode yeah yeah that's that, and i noticed that they did that they did that a couple of times yep yeah uh, and i just think it's Sorry, go ahead. I just want to mention, like, if you, I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, the the Wolfram and Hart from season four is not the Wolfram and Hart in season five. Like, they completely oh no, it's completely that. different. And they had that yeah. in mind, like they wanted to be able to move cameras and have enough room to like follow these guys around, like really think yeah, about filming. It it also um, it's probably I think um, cooler for the actors to do that because it's like it's, even though they're on television, it's because they have to do everything in one shot. It's it's like they're really acting like in a play even. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed that. That I like aesthetically watching the show. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Anyway, sorry to show interrupt awesome. the feedback. Um, okay, he continues. I find the fish out of water vibe of episode one to be a lot of fun. We know that the gang is going to try to fight evil from the inside out, and I enjoy seeing them try to figure out exactly how to do that logistically. The story about the client and the son with the bomb at the school didn't really draw me in, and I wasn't really caring at all that much. But all the stuff where the uh-huh. gang is figuring out how to fit in at Wolfram Heart is gold, and what a cliffhanger. As for the second episode, I love the Angel Spike buddy cop aspect of this one. Just seeing them together <laughs> again and bantering back and forth is worth the price of admission. Overall, I think these two episodes do a pretty good job at setting up the new status quo for our new heroes. Or for our for our heroes, sorry. <clears throat> I thought both episodes had a lot of humor due to the gang being unfamiliar with their surroundings and the additions of Spike and Harmony helped too. They set up some interesting Uh mysteries going forward as well. What is going on with Spike? Who is Eve? 
And is she friend or foe? It wants to deal with Gunn's upgrades. Making him a very smart lawyer certainly changes his character's place in the group. Now that he's more than just a muscle. Looking forward to seeing what the newbies thought. Aww. I'm pouring one out for Illyrio. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you're listening, come back. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, moving, moving on. Thanks, Ray. Uh, moving on to the rest of Bruce's email. Uh, talking about just rewards. I guess Angel can run things if he wants to. Wonder how many clients he can kill before Wolfram and Hart goes under. Have we seen James Marsters in a scene with anyone and not have acting chemistry just start flowing across the screen? And then he, then he finishes up with happy. Yeah, new, happy it new was year. with Sarah Michelle Geller because they're horrible together. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the Spunky fans will <laughs> will be uh, messaging you. Um, I, I love yeah. how he closes his email by saying "Happy New Year." We <laughs> 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 just expect us to pick up in 2019. That's so funny. <laughs> uh, and Tomas, the rest of his uh, email says, "Spike, Spike is here. Spike. I hope neither of the newbies." Oh, we're spoiled. <laughs> Unfortunately, the opening credits, DVD menu, and everything else does its best to spoil everyone on this. No respect for intro casters at all. <laughs> anyway, Spike is awesome, but did anyone else feel like half his lines were 80 yard this episode? <laughs> yes! <laughs> uh-huh. He didn't sound quite right to me. And maybe it's just me, but I wasn't entirely happy with Marster's performance in the last scene. I didn't feel like the emotion hit in exactly the way they wanted it to. And why is he talking to Fred about this? Just because she's cute? It all feels a bit off. He was great at being hip-deep in the desk, though. Oh, look! Angel's killing (laughs) some more humans! What's up with that? Moving on. The villain in this one was pretty cool. The actor had a good voice and a good blend of evil, arrogant, and gross. However, his insistence on reminding you that he has power over the dead in every scene got a little bit silly. But the parts where he sticks his hand in people's stomachs is awesome. I wasn't as into this episode (laughs) as the last one. I'm really happy that Spike's here, and there were plenty of fun moments. I just wasn't invested overall. I think I'll give this one a 6.5 out of 10. All right, guys. Take care. Love the podcast. And that's all the feedback. Yay! Yay! 20 episodes left in this series. (laughs) <laughs> Surprise! People are still sending us feedback. <laughs> uh, people yeah. are still hanging on to the group. We should mention the year every time we record because, like, people listening <laughs> from the should. beginning. It's 2018, by the way. It's July 2018. <laughs> yeah, and we started 2010. Potential cast 2011. 2010. I thought it was 2011. 2011? Yeah. Oh, I, I thought it was 2010. I want to say 2010 because Maybe. I first moved downtown in 2010. And I and I remember during the first episodes when I was still at my parents' house. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. Oh, my God. It's been a while. It's been a while. It has been a long time. Oh, well, thank you, Karen, for joining us for this reunion. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Uh, I, I must have rewatched the episodes like three different times because I'm like, oh, maybe. <laughs> and, oh, wait, I watched it in January. I'm not going to remember it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know, yeah. right? That's what I was thinking. I was like, do I need to, need to watch these? Oh, yeah, I definitely do. <laughs> My memory's terrible. Uh, I want to mention 20 episodes left in uh, in the series overall. And the next episodes we're going to be talking about, Kim, are Unleashed and uh-huh. Hellbound. Give us our teases. I don't have any teases. <laughs> 
Kim, do you want to tell us what's going to happen? You want a prediction? You want Kim? No, I don't want to. I don't want to guess anything because <laughs> it's all on me this season. I can't. <laughs> I can't because Illyrio usually was pretty almost spot on half the time, and uh-huh. I was just like, "Oh well, I think that this <laughs> stupid thing's going to happen." <laughs> all right. Well. Uh, I guess that's it. Uh, we'll talk mm-hmm. to. We're hoping to record next week and just keep mm-hmm. busting these out. So, uh, folks, stay subscribed. Um, yeah. <laughs> Redemptioncast at gmail dot com. Oh God, I forgot about this part. <laughs> yeah, email us. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at Redemptioncast. Uh, go to Redemptioncast dot wordpress dot com and look at our shiny new. Well, we got to dust it off a little bit. Uh, website. Mm-hmm. And uh, join the Facebook potential group, cast. Yeah. potential cast, Facebook.com/slash potential cast, slash groups, slash potential cast. Uh, yeah, potential cast was this thing where the um, Kim and Steph and some others talked about Buffy, and I was invited every once in a while, and increasingly more as the series ended. <laughs> <laughs> Also check just, out old episodes of Redemption Cast where I sang a lot of songs, um, and now I just sing sing theme songs. <laughs> I was listening to some of them. I, I was like, "Man, remember this?" I like I did a whole um, cover of uh, U2's "Angel of Harlem" t- talking about oh, Angel yeah. and Darla. <laughs> <laughs> Shanshu, of course. Shanshu is one of my favorites. Oh, that's a good one. Can I make a request? Uh, sure. For the uh, the Facebook group. If you guys have any, um, again, without spoiling, and I don't care about opinion spoilers, but if you guys want, like, if there's a specific episode that you want to have, like, a commentary where I, I'll record me watching it for the first time. Oh, yeah. Let me know uh, well in advance so I can do it and not, not watch it an hour before the, <laughs> we start recording. And, uh... Yeah, yeah but- and if you guys have any specific questions or things you want me to look out for, let me know before watching the episode. <laughs> but again, without spoiling, but I don't care Please. about opinion spoilers. I care. Um, don't spoil anything <laughs> or I will kill you all. Uh, we only <laughs> like got 20 episodes left. Damn it. <laughs> um, uh, I, yeah. So, uh, yeah, leave um, suggestions for commentaries in the um, – Facebook comments uh, for this uh, yeah. episode of the podcast, and we'll, uh, I will. And I'm sure Robin will make sure I get the message. Yes. Can I request one too? Or... <laughs> of course. <Okay. laughs> of course. All right. Uh, well, I guess that's uh, right. goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Namaste. Steph? Bye. Oh, I was <laughs> muted because Sadie was barking. Bye. <laughs> I'm going nationwide I got my hand on the trigger Got my girl by my side I got the looks that kill I got a license to love I got a German shepherd And his name is Doc I'm heading for the sun I'm gonna become A California sex lawyer
It's not